Welcome. With Michael Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a serious XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. Happy Passover, Larry Kane. How are you, my friend? Thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's great to have you back in the studio. It's great to be here. I saw you on Mar last week. You know what you did to him? You did what they're going to do to Tony Soprano. You whacked him. No, I did not yes, whack you did him. Because I could see Should've his face. Him. I could see his face. He expected you to be the right winger, and you became Mr. Sensible, which you always are. And he hated that because he wanted somebody to jump on. Hey, let's not take... You did something so cool this week. You went and you interviewed Yoko Ono, the woman who split up the Beatles. Well, that's not true. Which but, part? You didn't interview her? Uh, I interviewed her, but she didn't split up the Beatles. What happened was, uh, you know, we had the release this week of the paperback of Lennon Revealed. Larry's the, New York Times bestselling book. With the DVD, and it's a big event. And uh, I asked her if she could do an interview, and she said, sure. Now, I've interviewed her many times. I've never interviewed her on television. This woman, first of all, she does not get photographed, all right? And she also does not do television interviews. She does a few here and there. And uh, she sat down with me in a studio, in Comcast Studio in Washington. And she was there for the Cherry Blossom Festival and some artwork. And uh, she really talked from the heart. It was a fascinating interview. And uh, When does be, it air? It airs on Voice of Reason on the Comcast Network CNA Sunday night at 9.30. And on VOD. You know, like you. You can watch you with Mar every day of the week. If you choose to. You know, if you choose. If you want to do a micathon, you go on video. Maybe, on maybe someone will choose to watch me getting beat up by Bill Maher and then uh, you getting beat up by Yoko Ono. No, it's not like that. She's very, very affectionate, very warm. Let's not take for granted that people understand the Larry Kane relationship with the Beatles, because this is one of the all-time great stories. How did it begin? Well, first of all, I'll tell you how it began, but you know, there's a lot of relations, correlation between that and the work I did later, especially a mayor's race, because I get pumped up about this mayor's race. And I was thinking about how the Beatles were really the people who allowed me to become a real reporter in terms of having the guts to ask people questions. I was only 20, 21 years old. I was a news director at WFUN, Fun in the Sun in Miami. And uh, the DJ said, write a letter to Brian Epstein, the Beatles manager, and and make sure that you interview them in Jacksonville. We want one interview. So I sent him a letter, and on my business card, there were seven stations listed. Five of them were rhythm and blues, gospel, which appealed to an African-American audience. The other two were uh, rock and roll, top 40, uh, much like uh, the counterpart across the hall here, okay? And and the fact is that uh, he thought that I was an American radio mogul. And when he saw me for the first time, he said, by the way, you know, he did like me. I guess you know that in a, personal, in a personal way, uh, you know, and he wanted more than just a conversation with me, and uh, which I learned later. Uh, and, and, and what happened was uh, he said, you know, he really liked me. I was Jewish. I was uh, 21. Uh, at those time, at that time, I might have been a little better looking than I am now at the uh, mature age. And, and he uh, basically, they all liked me because I started asking him serious questions. Like you would. I didn't say, you know, what did you have for breakfast? What kind of skirt hemline do you like? Uh, what's your By the favorite? way, what is the answer to the skirt hemline question? Skirt hemline would be short, <laughs> short. as short as you can make it. Uh, but, Larry, let's not gloss over this. You're 20 or 21. 
the Beatles, correct me if I'm wrong, they had not yet come to the United States. Oh, uh, yeah, they, they finally came in the summer for the, they came in February, I met them briefly in Miami and interviewed them. No, 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 but the, the letter you wrote was preceding their initial tour? It's preceding the big tour of 64, they came here for a couple of days in February. And when they, when I arrived in August 18th, 1964, in San Francisco, I was overwhelmed. I mean, I'd covered crime and punishment, a little bit of politics, Cuban exodus to Miami, all the big stories, the Bay of Pigs invasion. And I get there and I open the door of my room and in the room is a woman sitting there with a, a miniskirt up to wear. And she says, I said, am I in the wrong room? And she said, no, sir. No, Mr. Kane, I am. And I'm here to tell you that I wanted you to know that if you can get me to meet the Beatles tonight, I'm yours. And that's how you met the Beatles because you introduced how, her. That's how I was... Um, uh, my adult and that was Yoko Ono. No, <laughs> no and she married. And John. anyway, she, she, I never did do that. I tried to get out of the room because oh, I was so afraid. I were, did. You I were tried too much to get, of a geek to, to to partake. You don't have to be a geek to have common sense. All right, but and you I, weren't married at the time. Not 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 married, but you know what? What is Donna listening to this broadcast no, this morning? She's uh, she was later. Uh, she was post Beatles. Uh, but but the, here's the fact. The fact is. That if, if she had stayed in that room, I would have been kicked off the tour. She was 20 feet from the Beatles' room. And that night, I saw her walking with Malcolm Evans, uh, their their road manager, their roadie. And you know something? I don't know what happened Lucky to her, guy. but she got to meet the Beatles that night. <laughs> I will guarantee you that. But, uh, uh, by the way, Greg wants to know if it's true that you smoked pot with John Lennon. I never smoked pot but with John Lennon. But he did invite you to. I didn't. In, I, well, didn't I'm going to tell you. I didn't inhale. I didn't exhale. What did he say to you on that? He asked me if I wanted to smoke. Right. And I said no. And then I took a regular cigarette. And he said, you are a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when he slapped a reporter in Kansas City, which and I grabbed him, and I said, what? I don't know what I said. I said, what right. the hell is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. And he said, well, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know what I did. He, he asked me if I cheated on my wife. And I said, well, maybe you should have said yes and moved on. And But, but he... he you know, he, he thought that privacy was something that was coveted, and that day it was. But he was a great guy. He came to Philadelphia, crossed the street at Channel 6, did a marathon. No, but hold, hold on. Yeah. We're not glossing over that either. And yeah. by the way, this, of course, is the legendary Larry Kane, and the, the book just re-released this week. Re-released this week in paperback with the DVD for half the price. And a uh, special interview, he and Yoko Ono. We'll come to that in a moment, which is going to air on Comcast this weekend. Uh you maintained your relationship with the Beatles for many, many years after they had split up. And you were at Action News. You were a reporter. And he came to town for you. And you've told me this before. Arriving by train at 30th Street. you got to tell that. I was the anchorman. It was 1975. And Gene Vassell, a salesperson and myself, had arranged for him to come to Philadelphia. And uh, he said, I'm going to arrive on a train at uh, 210 or something like that. You know, it's an hour and a half from New York. And, and the Metro liner opens up. And there is John wearing uh, John John clothing, you know, a white suit uh, with a little overnight bag, like a gym bag. Right. And I said, what do you have in there? He said, I'll show you later. <laughs> and uh, and he got off the train, gave me a big hug. We had a limo for him. And I took him to the Liberty Bell, reminded him who won the war back in 76. And uh, we took him through Fairmont Park into the station. And the DJs were stunned. They said, there's no way John Lennon's coming. They were even afraid to promo it. And he arrived there in, from that afternoon, including brief stays over at the Marriott in Philadelphia, uh, which was cross street here. Uh, he, he was on the air for 48 hours. And that afternoon, Jim O'Brien, the legendary late Jim O'Brien, was uh, sick. And he was so upset about it because he wanted to be there. 
And our news director, Ron Tendilia, said, ask John. And I whispered to John, I said, John, would you like to do the weather tonight? He says, are you kidding? And we put him on the 6 o'clock news to do the weather. And you know something? The set hasn't changed in all those years. Right. That's the most amazing thing, <laughs> except, for, except for the electronics. But uh, he, uh, he was incredible with the video of him doing the weather and being with the people is on here. And uh, then in 68, I did the final interview with Lennon and McCartney that anybody ever did together. And you see their attitudes. It's pretty interesting. It's all here, too. But the most interesting thing was my mother, as you know, had multiple sclerosis and died at a very young age. And that's one of my big causes because you've helped out with it many, mm -hmm. many times. He came here because he knew about that. He remembered on the tour in 64 that my mother had passed away from this. And he came here for that. This was a guy who was a domestic abuser and became a feminist. A peace activist who raised more money for cops in this country for bulletproof vests. He was a real paradox. He, you would have liked him All a right. lot. So Yoko Ono, where did you do the interview? The interview was at this Com week. brand new Comcast Studios in Washington. Uh -huh. uh, she had an art show down there, and I wanted to do it there so as to avoid all the bureaucratic. Does she layers. have a big posse? Uh, no, she came with one person uh, uh -huh. who was the, her art director. <clears throat> she sat down. All she asked for was green tea and Pellegrino water. And uh, she sat on the set. She gave me a big hug. And, and it was extremely comfortable. I can't you know? wait to watch this. All right, we have some of the audio. Uh, do you want to run the first clip? I don't know which, what it is, but I presume the first clip is about uh, uh, her, <clears throat> uh, her outlook on life. Okay, this is, this is Larry Kane interviewing Yoko Ono to be telecast Sunday night. Well, every day is perfect because, you know, after I became 70, I realized that I'm so blessed that I'm still alive and, and seeing all this. And, and I'm still learning every day. And I think whenever I learn something, I say, well, I wouldn't have learned this if I wasn't here. So it's, in a way, every day is a blessing for me. 75 years old. Really? And the second cut, I believe, is on um, this She looks campaign. good. She looks fantastic. Okay, for Darfur. Uh, that she's doing. She's putting out an album. I'm working with Amnesty International and uh, they're bringing out uh, a CD called Instant Karma right. and that has all John's songs in it and they were selected the, John, the songs were selected by all the famous very strong rockers and they're singing each song and it's, it's just going to be fantastic give a light to this situation That's the Darfur situation uh, but she, uh, she, she has some interesting music. She did not break up the Beatles uh, she might have contributed towards... Do you get into any of that with her? No, not in this one. You, you interviewed her at the Dakota for the book, yeah, right? Yeah, that was fascinating. You take what's your, that like? Like, yeah. what's John Lennon's apartment like? Uh, massive. So you take your shoes off when you go in. It's, really? Uh, she asked me where I wanted to do the interview, the bedroom and the kitchen. And I said, I want so to... So what does the bedroom look like? Huge. Uh, white. Very white. Overlooking uh, Central Park. Over, it's so large. I think they carved out a couple of apartments. <laughs> but here's the thing. I said, Where, where's the most comfortable place for you? And she said, the kitchen. And we went to the kitchen, and she said, sit in John's chair. And the first thing she did during our interview for the book was, I, I said to her, how did you meet John? She said, do you really want to know? And she said, stand up. And she took her cheek, and she's very, very short. And she stood up, and she pressed her cheek next to mine, her skin on skin. And she sniffed my cheek. So I said, what's all that about? She said, that's what he did. He smelled my, he wanted the sniff of my odor. He wanted to smell my body. He says, that's how our relationship began. I thought she was sort of putting the hit on me. 
You know what I mean? Sure. You still yeah. have it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look at you. Anyway, yeah, right. So anyway. By the way, aren't uh, you glad you worked before HDTV came along? Oh, we're going to be soon be oh, in HDTV. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you one thing. I will tell you one thing, though. It, yeah. it really, you know, it's interesting. People ask me, how can you, uh, has, has your mind flowed from the mayor's race to Yoko Ono to the, the work you do in the community to uh, the war in Iraq? And it's just a wonderful world out there. There's just so You're much going on. You're the time on. of your life. I'm so happy uh, for you. Well, I'm, I'm really happy for you. You know, when I come on the show, I get oh, I get butterflies because I remember you at the age of 24 and 18, and I see your progress and your your but family Larry, guy. I, I was out there working the polls for political candidates in the suburbs. You were flying around the country with the Beatles. Yeah, that's true. Why but, Why do you say Why do you say she didn't break up the Beatles? Do you, Do you think she's been maligned? Uh, very much so. I think that she may have made a contribution to that. But let me just say one thing very quickly here. They th try to understand it. People say, how did it feel when you were traveling with them? When you're in it, you never know. Right. Right now, you're in it. All right. You're doing your program. Yeah. You never know where you're going to be in 10 years from right. now. All right. So you don't know. All right. And, and they did not know. And people find this incredulous. They did not know in 1968-69 when they started breaking up. That they would be the Beatles, iconic, famous. Their music played every second around the world. But how can that be? They sold out Shea Stadium, but all the craziness they, that I see in the film footage. They, they knew they were pretty darn good. Right. And let me tell you something. Did they think they would last mm -hmm. for 40 years? Did they, and they, their music will be played 100 years what's, from now. What's your favorite Beatles album? My ba favorite Beatles album is probably probably uh, Revolver from the beginning. Uh, maybe Revolver. I also, my, my favorite Beatles song, which a lot of people don't realize, is a fabulous Beatles song. They think it's a John song, is Across the Universe, which is a beautiful song, or In My Life, uh, Lady Madonna. Uh, the music is so varied. It's like, you know, it's like your repertoire. You're the man in full. Well, I don't know about that. No, Tom Wolfe used that as a book title. There's a lot going on there. I say this as your good friend, and I, this is what I, I real—I love a lot of things about Larry Kane, but I, I love that you are the complete guy. There's a Because we could sit here and we could have a conversation about the mayor's race, and we could talk about the broadcasting industry, and we could talk about the Beatles, and we could talk about anything, or we could play golf together. You yeah, know? God, the golf would be good, but the key thing is family first, and then from there on, mm -hmm. you take it. Really, really thrilled to see you again. Wish you all the best. I hope that uh, we see you, I don't know, uh, on one of the morning shows promoting that book soon well i hope so and thank you very much mike and i'm glad everybody and I, 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 can I, listen i apologize for the youth and inexperience uh on the other side of the glass he's, that's not right he is, that uh, is just not he's right a, he's a you know what the, we called him in the 50s <laughs> a jd a juvenile delinquent <laughs> All right. That's right. That's a right. juvenile delinquent. That's what you're a Thanks, juvenile Larry. delinquent. Right. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's 821. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.